All right, agents, welcome to agency episode number one. Today we're going to reflect on observation. Observation is all about how to kick ass a little bit every day. So here's the problem. Throughout our lives, we go across magical situations and magical places all of the time. But if we don't do anything about it, there, right in the moment, we risk just having it be gone. So in the end, the whole conversation around observation is actually about presence. It's about making yourself take notice of a moment by taking one small action right in the moment. Taking a picture, making a little sketch, turning this feeling that you have in that moment into, I don't know, a small rhyme. Or even taking a photo on your phone and sending it to a friend that the situation reminds you of. It doesn't matter. It's about noticing and harvesting an impulse and turning it into a result that remains after the moment is gone. A sequence of small, concrete results that turn into wishes, sensations, impulses, into crystallized little jewels that will have the effect of making us smart, active observers of the world, all at the same time setting us up to create more delicate and powerful, bigger results down the line. To embark mindfully into a journey of knowing ourselves just a little bit more every day. But self-knowledge is not all, I know. We need to create something of concrete value to communities that we care about. Let's not beat around the bush too much to admit that there's things that we want, like status, relevance, safety, money, whatever. We want something. But for now, what is important is to find things we want for reasons that we can love and respect ourselves for. And this is important because it's the base on which we will build any kind of success. So we need to feel deeply about what we want to achieve and make it personal so we can integrate conscious and unconscious aspects of the effort into making them real. Once this comes together, the feeling of sacrifice to achieve them tends to disappear. If you really want very concrete, pragmatic, long-view result in your life, I think it actually starts at every little moment, and living it, being truly there. Or at least that's the skill that's being trained in this pillar, observation. It's about remembering to ask yourself, what is beautiful here? What is terrifying here? What inspires awe in me here? How can I capture it? How can I enhance it? How can I touch it with my own consciousness in a small way, in a way that it could be shared with somebody else later? so that it can last more than just one instant. That is the game of making observations. It's the magic of binding time. Time binding, according to some, is what makes us uniquely human. To be able to capture learnings and lessons in each moment and pass them on to the next generations. To be human is to be a natural time binder. Just look at your Twitter or Instagram feed. But my intuition is that passing lessons to the next generation is the emergent result of us just time-binding to pass lessons to our not-so-distant future selves. To talk to our different personalities in different states and try to integrate them into somewhat cohesive wholes that elevate us beyond immediately bodily needs and impulsive reactions to pain and pleasure. And then the more observations we allow ourselves to accumulate, the higher the resolution that can be painted about our past selves to our future selves when we bother to look. By getting apt at doing this, we create a larger relationship surface that is allowed to travel through time. 
If you're sitting at home right now, you're surrounded by actions, decisions, and other choices that traveled through time. Everything you purchased can be seen as an act of observation. But not only. Also, you chose the place they are in. You chose to place them in certain ways. And if they're clean or they're organized right now or not, it's all your choice. Independently of what opinion we have about these choices, the judgment, it doesn't matter. All you need to do is master the process of making more of these observations, making them mindfully, being mindful about the ones you are involuntarily doing at all moments. It becomes then more than just traveling through time. It's about the intersection, the bigger relationship surface between angry you and joyful you, between hopeful you and depressed you, between afraid you and grateful you. Any emotional state brings with it a bias. By making observations under different biases, we are able to have a more delicate topology of our possible states of being and we allow these different selves to experience each other. Just by setting this as an intention can transform your Instagram feed into a lot more than just vanity. This might come naturally for some, but how do you become a star maker of observations overnight? Well, you don't, but you have to start somewhere. And here's how I suggest you do it. Step 1. Modulating stress. Pick a set of tools that are easy, abundant, and relaxing for you to use. Don't pick anything that makes your stress level rise too much. Or don't design a process in a way that it's uninteresting and feels like a chore. Imagine a mid-path between anxiety and boredom. There is an optimal channel where you're doing something for fun, but it's still challenging and interesting to you. Most games use this type of mentality in their designs, but the best games allow the player to find their own challenge level. And it's your job to make your life the best of all the games. If you constantly find this balance, both your ambition and your skill level will naturally grow and feed off each other, as long as the process is also learnable. Step 2. Finding and being found by tools. Okay. So you've picked a tool, maybe it's voice notes, or maybe it's a camera, maybe it's a set of colored pencils that you want to use and symbolize your state of mind. Maybe you're just writing perverted little poems on your phone whenever you take a break. Whatever. Ask yourself, is there a path ahead? Do you enjoy the idea of exploring this tool further? Because making observations can be seen as just an excuse to explore possibilities with tools that you enjoy. That's it. I know I dumped a lot of philosophy on you, but in the end, there's also this very sensorial side. Just make many observations and share them with people when you have a chance. But informally, just, hey, I made this, and watch how they react. Let it sink, but don't think too much about it. Just remember, the beginning is supposed to be awkward, bad, weird, imprecise, risky. This is by design. I'm asking you strongly to embrace risk-taking at this point. Whatever you do, it's not going to be anywhere near where you can take the tool. But it also might contain some important signs of what will make your work special down the line. So let me be a little brash. I'm asking you 
to leave a nice stinky trace of fuck-ups for a wiser version of you in the future to find. I have all my sketchbooks going back till when I was 16 years old, and I'd likely not even know who I am without them. But of course, half of it is just a bunch of drawings of naked ladies. I was 16. And I actually regret deeply not embracing this fetish-based mindset more heavily. So I ask you, let it affect your tool choice. If you had to pick between a charming fountain pen that feels really seductive to you but is hard to control, or a ballpoint pen that you have total control over, and you can use it with your eyes closed, I could forgive you for going the easy control route. It's comfortable, and if it makes you work more, well, then it might be a good choice. But let me give you a tip that will lead you to the best of both worlds. When we're in observation mode, I'd say get the hard tool. Use it pretending that it is the easy tool and let the results be what they are. Fix nothing. Move forward. Keep trucking. It will pay off, even if the result freaks out friends and foes alike. Grab that fountain pen and be shameless with it. Pretend it's under your control. See, I still use Instagram as a time-binding tool. I collect relevant moments. But now, when I'm sharing moments with other people, I use an instant film camera. I've grown fond of looking at them and just remembering, especially as my life became more and more unpredictable and filled with these chance encounters that will never repeat themselves, or very unlikely. 80% of these shots are bad. They have something wrong with them. But 50% of those are wonderful. Precisely because there's something wrong with them and they would have never happened if I was taking shots on my phone to put on Instagram. And they're physical. And this excites me very much. This excitement, it's what affords me the courage to spend the money, have this camera, take these shitty pictures. Because in the end, it's just so delightful for me. And I love them so much. It doesn't matter that there's something wrong with them. That's the key with observation. It's to dance like nobody's watching. It's to shoot from the hip. We need to protect the observation practice from excessive calculation. And also, protecting them from the opinions of others might be a good idea. At least in moments where you feel like you can't handle them. But the trickiest part is protecting ourselves from our inner sensor. At least at the observation stage. Believe me, self-deprecation and self-limitation will have its time to shine in this program. But when doing observations, we want to keep it impulsive, childish, reckless, wild, savage. Well, if you can at least find it in you the space to be a total punk and love yourself doing it, that's it. That's the magic touch. After all, the only ones who know where the line is are the ones that have gone over it. Go over it. It will be our little secret. And that's my tips to find and be found by your own tools. Step three, the repository. I hope that you already have a few ideas in your head of what these tools might be and what sort of situation asks for them. Now, all you need is a place to store them and watching them pile up. It's so much fun to start down the path of a collection. See, you're not practicing. You're hunting. 
And in this type of collection, all the pieces are unique. The repository is taking the step of displaying this collection, even if just for yourself somehow. I add beautiful moments to Instagram, yes. But shared moments with people go to the Polaroid pile. Then I organize these Polaroids inside old window frames that I find in the streets of Berlin. These provide a high-quality low-reflection glass case and a solid frame that I can both look at the pictures and keep them protected at the same time. I can see more than one picture at once. I'm not just flipping through a book. And I can take little reflection breaks while walking through the house and get grabbed by these windows of memories. And they take me on immediate mini-trips in space-time to something shared with someone or something learned from a person. And those flash mindset expansions feed right back into whatever I'm doing at that moment. Maybe a guitar lick, a painting, an organizational design issue with a client, or even what I'm going to cook for dinner. All types of actions can get catapulted to a higher order of awareness just by being exposed to a cool, well-placed collection of observations. And that's why I believe that sometimes a well-crafted repository is more important than the quality of the observations themselves in the beginning. And at first, it's not that important to design this repository too much. Again, just make sure that you do it. Do something. The constraints of the repository kind of give themselves to you because time, materials, resources, and attention are all limited. So for now, just focus on doing something. Choose one of your collection practices. You're likely to already have one. Choose a tool that is exciting to you, even if you kind of suck at it, and make sure to record and display the results to yourself somehow. That will bring you to step four, the magic of overview. All right, so you started doing it, you started seeing it, you have your repository. This will, over time, and not even too much time, allow you to start seeing your process from above. Even tweets are perfect for this. It's the pattern finding that it's made available by the repository that will launch the next steps of your unique researching processes and deliveries. And it all starts here with this ultra-indulgent, mega-personal, impulsive observations driven by a childish fascination, just piling up over time and finding a way to reach a future version of you and give it a systemic perception of what your life is actually about. Your mileage may vary, but results tend to be surprising. A wise older artist once told me, all you have to do is stay healthy, Stay sane until you see the line, the line that connects everything. I believe that this practice will help you see the line. Okay, so let's get concrete and move into this episode's exercise. I hope you're taking notes. This is a practical one. What I want you to do is to decide on the tool and what type of situation you're going to use it in. Then reflect on why is this tool seductive to you and what makes it learnable. What leaves a path of progression ahead. Make a note on this. Then I need you to decide where are your observations going to accumulate? Is it a sketchbook? Is it a social media wall? Is it a physical box on your nightstand? Just make a decision. Then as a delivery for this exercise, I want you to document the chosen setup. 
It can be a little sketched organogram, a mini documentary, a how-to article of how you're going to do it, an audio file of you just telling us how you plan to do it. Just share it following the instructions on the How to Send a Dream page at agencydow.com slash how to send a dream. What's imperative here is that you find something that will fit your daily life as flawlessly as possible. Take advantage of every shortcut you can until you feel like making observations is an integral part of your life, and then adjust as needed. Thank you for coming. See you around.